Carter. I'm Eloa. And I'm Erin. And if you don't know three black bitches who love true crime, you do now. This is the I Ain't a Killer podcast. Okay, y'all. It's the last episode of Bad Vegan. Killer, 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 killer. Watch this. Shit finally hit the fan. Damn, I've been waiting on this shit the whole right. time. It was making its way towards the fan so <laughs> slow. Fucking <laughs> 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 finally, my God. Right. Oh my goodness. Um. Okay, so I guess we can just go ahead and start. So the episode is called Everything Will Be Fine. <laughs> Everything Anyone. Well. <laughs> Not anyone close. So we start, um, Sarma's telling us about spring of 2015, which is when they left. And if you remember from the last episode, they've gone, quote unquote, on the run. Mm-hmm. So she said they were doing a lot of driving and going from place to place. And she, she kind of said that she knew that she didn't want to be found. But she didn't feel like she was, like, actively trying to hide. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if I believe her. Because then she turned around and said she was using Band-Aids to cover up her tattoos. Right. And she said it made sense because she didn't want to say it either. But it's not like you had a removed girl. Yeah. Just, I don't know. But also, what stuck out to me was when the interviewer asked her why she was going by a different name. Which she was telling people her name was Emma. Yeah. She was like, because I couldn't go by Sarma. Like, it was like it was supposed to just make sense. Like, it was great. Like, like, girl, this is not something people do. Yeah, that's not. People don't go on the run. And disappear. Yeah. Or try to. And tell people they got a different name. And like, don't think attitude with us. Right. <laughs> like, you know. Huh? She knew. Sorry. She so, knew. there was also, like, a weird scene where she was, um, like, working at a gas station. I didn't really understand that. Like, I think you, she was just cleaning the windshield of the car, and uh, that was Anthony. Oh, and it was just like, oh, that's what you told me. Oh, yeah, they got me. Like, you work at the, you work at this gas station. Mm-hmm. She was like, why? Because I do it so well. Oh, I think so they he was were taking her home video. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, well, I still don't understand why they were filming that moment. Like, why are you watching? He her took film? a lot of strange videos yeah. of her. Yeah. They both recorded really strange parts of their interaction mm-hmm. right yeah so um she would ask him like where they're going because they're kind of hopping from place to place and he would give a vague answer per usual and she said they kept like going from casino to casino and they finally ended up in vegas and they stayed there for three months so he would go to all these slot machines and he, she said that he just kept winning which was weird yeah like, like, how do you win the slots high stakes slots and he would just keep winning and she was like she just got used to him winning all this money yeah slots are made for you to lose money so it's weird that he kept winning yeah i'm like either this is the luckiest person on the world or they're lying Mm -hmm. yeah so she said in vegas she was by herself a lot she was complaining about there not being any healthy food because remember she's a vegan she said there are no bookstores and she didn't really like any of the stuff there she didn't like to gamble she also said that by the time it turned winter, she didn't really have any clothes because she had only left with a small bag. So she had to buy winter clothes. And she's kind of just going through like all the adjustments she had to make mm-hmm. while they were gone. So um, one of the journalists that we have like throughout the whole series that clearly knows a lot about this story, mm-hmm. he basically said that he felt like Anthony was like at the end of what he had planned to do. Right. Like he didn't know how to continue on. Like he had drained her for all her money and like he wasn't gonna be able to make her dog immortal. So he was just like Now what? Right. Which I mean, okay. 
So this is, I don't know. I don't, I'll kind of jump ahead. I don't really like Sarma. Yeah, at this point, I'm not fucking with her. Ooh, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know the way she relays the story. I don't know. I just don't like her. But at this specific moment, I did kind of feel bad because it felt like a lot of self-blaming. She basically was telling us, like, she wasn't locked down. He didn't tie her down. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like she couldn't just get up and leave, but she didn't. And she said it was, like, hard to recognize what was happening to her at the time. I'm like, girl, you were being, like, abused yeah. mm-hmm. and manipulated. I think it's difficult because it's like, we can hold that she's the victim. Like, that's clear in in this particular instance. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know. She she does just become less and less likable over the documentary. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you also see, like, this trail of other people that she harmed, like we talked about in the last episode. Mm -hmm. Like, there are all these people who, like, really cared about her. Mm -hmm. And she, like, what's problematic is, like, she doesn't seem to have any regard for that now. Mm-hmm. Like she's yeah. still actively relaying the story. She doesn't seem to to understand the grab. She's like, "Oh, I was victimized, and my mom was victimized." And, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, but you also hurt a whole whole lot of people as like mm-hmm. outside of that. An right. entire staff of people was out there protesting for their wages, and they never got it. Right. Right. Yeah, and that's and it's weird because they did try to communicate to her that she was hurting them. Mm-hmm. We're not getting paid. Can you please just answer back? We'll keep working, but we just want to know something from you. Just anything. Right, right. And still wasn't getting anything. And so, like you said, like, yeah, she is the victim. But when she's telling the story, there's no remorse. Yeah. There's no like, this is what I was thinking of them at the time. Or I wasn't thinking of them because I was so wrapped up in whatever he had me going through, all this stuff like that. And so for that, especially as a working class person who's been in the restaurant industry before and mm-hmm. knows how like serious that shit is when you do not get paid or when your shit gets delayed. Mm hmm. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not fucking with her. I'm sorry. It's like yeah. she barely even names them. Mm-hmm. Right. The story. The story yeah. is all about her and her experience. And she went through something awful. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But it's like, we're telling the story. And the right. story also involves everybody else. Yeah. yeah. Well. Almost oh, like yeah. if they hadn't gone out and gotten the other people that worked at the restaurant and stuff interviews, if she was the only person telling the story, we wouldn't have even known that right. anybody right. else was impacted. Right. right. Yeah. Most definitely. A whole staff of people. And um, <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. So um, she said that while they were out and about, she didn't really want to sleep with him, like stay overnight with him. She was kind of disgusted by him at this point. Their physical relationship had just turned into nothing. So they would either get like two adjoining rooms or they would get like a room with two beds and they wouldn't sleep in the same bed. So this, I don't know, maybe y'all can clear this up for me. So she said that one night Anthony came to her and said that he had to do something that he didn't want to do, but she had to do what he said. And he blindfolded her and kind of ordered her around. And then she said that he made her get on her knees and do things that were extremely uncomfortable. What did he sexually assault her? I think I took that as sexual assault. Yeah. That's kind of what I did too, but she didn't name it. So she I don't didn't know. name it. And I feel like either that did happen or it was just like some weird mind control like him wanting to see exactly how far he could push her i don't know but i mean with men i always assume it's sexual assault so yeah like both are equally possible it could it's that or it's something that was physically like uncomfortable like maybe put her in some sort of position that was like almost like contortion or something like that or um it honestly made me think about kneeling on grits i don't know Mm -hmm. i was literally just about to say yeah like Mm -hmm. because that was a punishment that people did to their kids. Like, if you were bad, you had to sit in the corner on your knees on top of grits. And it's just like, it hurts. And the more time it passes, the more it hurts just to, like, break you. Mm-hmm. And it does. Um, 
So that's what it made me think about. Yeah, um, honestly, Damn. maybe that was what it was. That's literally what I was thinking. Um, but she said that that it broke her. Like Carter said, it made her cry. It made her cry, and um, he basically like apologized to her and made it seem like he didn't want to do it, but he had to. Which okay. Um, she said that he would do little things like get her coffee and it would feel like this huge thing. Like she was so thankful for him for doing this like minor thing. And he just had her in that headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, she also said that he was texting people from her phone, sending emails and he was still in communication with her mom and he would do what he was doing before. He was asking Sarma's mom to send him money to help Sarma out. And they showed like, um, screenshots of the emails and it would be like, send $10,000, send $14,000 tonight. Like wire me $20,000 all to Sarma's mom. Damn. And I'm like, eek. and she would send it because she thought that she was taking care of her kid. Yeah. And she was also being manipulated by Anthony. Yeah. They're also at this point still showing clips of videos, I guess, that he recorded from his phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I while they're t- in the hotel room. Some of her crying and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that she's like screaming at him and like, yeah. having breakdowns and stuff. And like there's one video that they show a clip of and he's like trying to calm her down. He's like, Stop crying, stop crying. Like, uh what did he say? Like basically distract yourself. Like we can talk about anything else, anything else, whatever you want. And she was saying how like at this point, because they're in hotel rooms and stuff like that. She knows that he knows that if she makes too much of a ruckus, someone's going to call the cops. And so, but he still somehow had like a power to calm her. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's what would end up happening. It was really, really intense. I mean, yeah. It was just, like really creepy. It yeah. was. And we have all this video footage, which is so wild. And I'm also just like, why was he recording? And like, yeah. what video? Yeah. Right? Like for her what? crying. Yeah. And it's almost like, like, did he want proof that he was trying to calm her down or something? It's weird. Know. But like, he, the video wasn't of her. It was like, you could see the corner of the bed and like the door frame and he'd just hear both of their voices. Mm-hmm. It was really bizarre. Yeah. So he wouldn't really let her talk to her family. He would make them call him um, in order to get updates on her or whatever. And like, occasionally she would be able to say like, I'm good, I'm alive, you know, like from the corner, but she was never able to have a conversation or like a private conversation with her family. So Mm -hmm. clearly they started to get really worried. Um, And then on the screen, they have this timer going up and it basically shows that Sarma has been gone for 10 months. Both of them have been gone. Which is I think I went to the bathroom on that part. 10 months? (laughs) Yeah. They haven't gone for 10 months. Yikes. So... At this point, she says that he hadn't really asked for for anything from her for a long time. And then all of a sudden, he asked for like $60,000. So she, I don't know how the hell she still has contacts. How does she still have people that would give her money? That's so fucking wild. Because people fucking loved her. One, she was super, super, super popular. Yeah. And two, she white. All that. Yeah. So she was able to get somebody from New York to set to wire her the money but i guess they had to go to new york in in order to get it so while they were driving they stopped at a gas station and anthony got out of the car and thomas said that she was like thinking you know i could leave Mm -hmm. like i leave him i have his wallet he won't be able to get me whatever and then she's like but we're married everything's under my name all of the checks and wire transfers are under my name he wouldn't be guilty of anything. It would all look yeah. like me. So she was like, I guess I have to stay with him. That part also to me stood out though, because it's like, see, you 
recognize that a crime happened here. Like mm-hmm. you recognize you did something to other people. Mm-hmm. And again, for me, it's like, it's like I would have gotten in trouble as opposed to like, I don't know, just tying it back to like her not holding and recognizing that it affected so many other people. Mm-hmm. It just really annoys me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So she said that they were in New York for just a day, enough time for him to pick up the money, and that's it. And some of the other people that they were interviewing were like, he, she couldn't be in New York for too long because Anthony felt like she would like be broken from his spell or whatever if, he, if she was to interact with it, other people. Mm-hmm. So they left New York, and they ended up in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Ooh, Dollywood? Yeah. Oh, cute. So random. It is. I mean, that's not cute, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Dollywood is, Dollywood is cute. Well, I mean, it even came up that they, they went, the possibly one of the reasons they went there is because it's a, a tourist area. And it's like yeah. really easy to blend in because there's a bunch of like people in and out of town. Like no one's really going to notice. They're not going to stand out, basically. Right. Which makes sense. Um, so they ended up staying at that hotel for 40 nights. She said that he would basically just play Call of Duty all the time and she would have to go get him food. And he would give her like $100 or so at a time and so she could go get food or eat. And this is why, why she ended up going to Chipotle all the time. Yeah. And she met Dustin, who she created a relationship with. She would sneak out and hang out with him. They would drink beers and talk. And it was like uh, some sense of normalcy. Um, but she was constantly afraid that Anthony would find out mm-hmm. about this Dustin guy. And she told him specifically, like, don't message me unless I message you. And she had also told Dustin that his name, that Anthony's name was Chris. So I guess yeah. he's going by Chris now. When the inter- when the interviewer was like, Chris? <laughs> right. Not Anthony? He's not like, Shane? That's what, I, uh, that's what she told me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Meanwhile, while all this is happening, they didn't really have any charges filed against them, like nothing officially in the books, until the investors in the restaurant contacted authorities because they were basically like, this lady took my money and, and she did. disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Like, where the fuck is my And it's not trying to work it back. Right. right. So that was when the police were like, oh, okay, well, let's put out a warrant against her. And mm-hmm. um, I guess the amount of money that she owed the investors, like, made it a felony so it was pretty I serious i mean when i worked at whole foods still in over 350 dollars worth of food was a felony this bitch has stolen like million fifty. yeah that's it yeah it was wow. really fucked up because like they would try to target people based on that but whenever i saw someone stolen i was like good luck right <laughs> right you I got it best life. <laughs> so um anthony contacted nas from tennessee and he like apologized and said that it was over and this was like, Nas, are you sure you're not in this? Because, like, why would he be apologizing to you and saying, like, it's over? Right. I don't know. But Nas basically told him, like, good luck. And, and you know there's a warrant out for your arrest, right? right? <laughs> try not to get caught. I think at that point he gave up on getting his money back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because Nas did have that investment. Maybe yeah. that, you that think that's what he was apologizing yeah. for? That okay. makes sense. I think, okay. at, I think at some point he was trying to be, like, a, like a fake ride-or-die kind of deal because... Like you said, in Russia, like, okay, stealing cars, niggas on the mm-hmm. run, like, yeah. that's normal. I'm going to try to stick it out and get my money back. So now it's like, okay, this friendship is done. Like, I'm not protecting you no more. Yeah. Not helping you out, not bailing you out. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I think that's what that was. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I knew Nas wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all talked about it, I guess. <laughs> so um, now we meet the 
County Police Department for the area that they're staying in in Tennessee. And um, the detective's name is Ray Brown. And he said that they got a call from New York saying that there were some fugitives in their area and to look for them. They sent pictures and all that. So they were able to pull up credit card charges that were in Anthony Strangis's name. Because <sighs> why? <laughs> and the why charges- do you even still have a card in your name? That's what I'm like, like, on your person at all for what? Uh, in your on, in your real name, he was going by Shane Fox. All right, y'all. We'll be right back after we pay some bills. Are you a huge cunt? Us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, a.k.a. The Drag Queen, Fat Girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess. And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch. A gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge-ass couch. While we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy. And cunty. With us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I in full drag? And we'll see you on the big... Cu- oh, wait. I thought we were going to say that together. No. On the big cutty couch. Mwah. Why is... Chris. It's still a card. Like, still a wallet. Chris Shane, Anthony Fox. Y'all Chris. robbed whole corporations and investors. You right. can't rob somebody at the Chipotle. Exactly. Precisely. Like, I'm confused. Defrauded people of millions. Right. Like, you gotta use your credit card at the Domino's? Right. <laughs> Make me sense. <laughs> so it makes me want pizza. <laughs> Young. Uh, Donato's. Right. Mm. Pizza Hut. I don't care what y'all say. <laughs> Antico's, if you know what you're talking about. Have y'all been to Antico's? I don't like char pizza. You did tell me that. Yeah, you okay. did. I probably But I like the community style. okay so the police got the address of the hotel from the dominoes um and they went there so the hotel staff basically called them to the lobby and said that there was an issue with the credit card which there actually was yeah they're like oh okay yeah they owe us money regardless so anthony comes down and the police arrest him then they got the hotel number that he had been staying in and they go up to investigate (laughs) And so, like we said before, they weren't staying in the same room or sharing the same bed. So at this particular hotel, they had adjoining rooms. So when they go up and they like knock or they open up the door to Anthony's room, Sarma sticks her head out from the room next door, I guess, like what's going on. And um, the police were like, ma'am, you need to go back in. Like, this is dangerous. But then the other officer looks at her and he's like, wait, that's the bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's her right there. So they grab her and they arrest her. They said that she was really skinny and frail and she looked a lot different from the picture. Um, She gave them the name Emma Donovan. And she also pulled off her band-aids, which were covering up her tattoo of the one lucky duck. And they said that she seemed like really relieved and she started Mm -hmm. crying and the police were like, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Which I'm like. Which is wild to me. The privilege <laughs> right. within that right because, there. like, you're comforting her. She could have been the mastermind. 100%. Like, it's over now. Um, How do you know? I'm not running the show. Right. Like, I already gave you a fake name. Right. And you know it's a fake name. Oof. And that's what makes, I don't know. Like, is that what's making me feel less trustworthy of Sarma? Or is it, like, actually something I'm getting from her? But I don't know. I think it's, it's like, both. Something's not sitting right for me. Like. I know she's the victim of this larger thing, but like, 
I think at some point she realized that because of her position as the victim, there's a certain amount of like plausible deniability that she has. Mm -hmm. It's like, he made me do this. This is how he had things set up. And so like, even these things that I did, they're connected to this. Mm -hmm. I think at some point she realized like, okay, cool. I need to start pushing all the shit away from me Mm -hmm. because this looks really fucking bad. Like, especially with, you know, all the people that she screwed over at her restaurant. Right. So yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So the police bring her downstairs and Anthony was there still. And the police said, you can go hug your husband goodbye before he goes to jail. Wild. Wild. When is that ever? That's never been the case. She's white. They don't let niggas do that. At all. Hug and kiss your wife and girlfriend. They will shoot your wife and girlfriend in front of you or your husband and and boyfriend or whatever. They'd be like, oops. Yeah. Or lady, move out the way. We're trying to arrest them and then slam them. Slam you to the ground. Kill your dog, all that. Sit on their chest and shit. Hug and kiss. That's that y'all are annoying. Me off. Yeah, y'all are fucking. And annoying. then she didn't even take advantage of it. She, she didn't said, "Do to. I have to?" She's like, she said, I don't "No." <laughs> Honestly, that would hurt my feelings. Y'all getting arrested. That's the last time y'all might ever see each other. She said, mm, "I'm good." No, no thank you. What's good for the case, though? Yeah, it is. Sorry. So I guess, like after that, Anthony was like, "Okay, bitch. Now you need a lawyer." Like he just abandoned her. Like he got something on her. Right. Nigga, you was the one doing everything. Mm -hmm. There's proof of it. All of it. So now we get kind of like a round robin of all the employees and stuff that we've been seeing throughout the series, kind of like sharing what their responses were to seeing them in the (laughs) newspaper. Yeah. So I feel like the employees were like inner like entertained by it mm-hmm. like holy shit like yeah. look at this like one employee was like i went to go get some popcorn right and something like that like, give it to me yeah so i mean it didn't seem oh i mean i'm sure there were people who weren't like super happy about it but it felt like most of the employees were like oh maybe we will get our money back mm-hmm. i feel like it was also just like a you know you did me wrong you skirted all this accountability and now like this really like almost exciting like ridiculous thing is happening that i'm like also attached to yeah that would be like if our boss right now like disappeared for a year and was on the lamb and all of a sudden got caught in some seedy motel in bumfuck nowhere like, yeah i'll be like holy shit like <laughs> come right. on bitch let's watch the right. Like, right right yeah, right that's so real <laughs> So then we get Stacy Strangest, which is Anthony's ex-wife, and she says, yep, sounds like something Anthony would do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. So um, then we hear from the other Anthony, which is um, Sarma's friend, who she had helped while he was homeless. And I think it was right or die. He was right or die. Or if, if die. Any, he was more right or die than her family. Listen. He was like, he saw her in the newspapers, and he said he was just happy that she was alive. And then he said, where's her dog? Right. And he called down there, and he was like, "Where's the dog?" And it was like, "Oh, the dog, the dog's with some people." I love yeah. his accent, right? <laughs> and it was because Dustin that she had met at Chipotle was taking care of the dog, mm-hmm. which was cute or whatever. But he was like, "Yeah, nah, the dog's not staying with no redneck. I'm on the way." And they're like, "Sir," <laughs> he said, "Redneck." He said, "He said the police said, sir, that's not a good idea." He said, "Y'all don't have enough people down there to stop me. I'm on the way." My man got on the highway like he was on the way got a call from then Sarma's dad he was like no I got the dog it's okay you can go back home listen he was ready to go up over her dog listen that's a real friend I know that is most definitely that was very very sweet yeah I also love niggas from New York I don't know what it is like it's like 
no matter what y'all talking about, y'all could be ordering a fucking sandwich or something. It's like y'all ready to go. Right. <laughs> no matter. Right. Every time. Stay with the fucking rednecks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Calm down. <laughs> He meant that shit. <laughs> he said, "Where's my dog?" Right. <laughs> that's another part of my family. Oh, I love that. It was so sweet. So Sarma was in jail in Tennessee for ten days, and I guess she she was kind of just cool. Like she kept to herself. She connected with another inmate named Melissa, and they formed some type of relationship. She said that they would, you know, have to cuddle each other to stay warm at night, and it just seemed like it was okay. Game. This is why I think I would manage in prison. Have y'all ever watched Sixty Days In? I've seen it like that. I have. Yeah. Okay. Quick anecdote. So there was a season in Fulton County Jail, Uh and you know what the premise is? Mm -hmm. They put people in jail to kind of like assess the situation so they put this one girl in jail and she literally she became like the i don't know what's like bsc yeah she was she was loving it every <laughs> single girl in there wanted her they were throwing her parties giving yes! her lives. i need to watch that <laughs> they had to pull her out because she was enjoying she was interrupting disrupting the ecosystem what did y'all want from niggas like what do y'all want y'all want to get in a good time like, oh, they were throwing parties. That shit was not funny. parties. She was in the drink in the hooch with the yep. bitches. Oh, no. They were giving her lap dances. And I everything. love it. That bitch was living. That shit was so funny. <laughs> they, don't want, they don't want niggas to suffer. That's what it is. <laughs> Y'all put her in there. It's fun. Right. Okay, so um, they pick Sarma up in the car. They pull her out of the Tennessee jail. And then I'm like, is this normal? Then they pull up at the men's jail and pick Anthony up. And they're both in the car together. I don't know if it's normal, but it does make sense to me. Like they're both take, they're both being extradited to New York, and I mean they're in the the car with um, guards. Yeah. But if they're already positioning her as a victim, that's where it doesn't make sense. To yeah. Me. Like you're gonna further further traumatize her. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. You know, in this situation, but from a I guess carceral standpoint and efficiency and saving money, it makes sense to me. Yeah, that's real. I feel like even in that. I don't, I don't know. I guess it makes sense since they white, but like literally anybody else, they would never do that because that's ample time for y'all to get y'all story straight. Mm, yeah, that's they what I was thinking. Always keep people separate so that they can be able to like grill them, like oh so and so, and they're lying on you. Da, 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 da. But that if y'all got sense. time to like get y'all shit together, do not talk whatsoever. Right. When they get in there and start lying, it's like no, we already had a conversation, so like I already know you lying. That the whole thing. Yeah, it doesn't work if y'all have them together for any amount of time. So I don't know. That was weird. It was very weird. So they were on the plane together, then they were on the bus together, and um. Basically, they were headed to Rikers. So, <laughs> like, this is how Cyril. Not Rikers. <laughs> so it was, at, it was at this point, this point right now, that Sarma was like, oh, shit, maybe Anthony doesn't have a plan for this. Well, like, I don't know why it took you so long, but okay. Right. What made you think you had a plan in the first place, girl? <laughs> that was in Tennessee, in Domino. She was like, oh, he'll get me lawyers and da da da, da but no. With what money? Your money that you don't have access to? That he's always to? asking you for, and it's been four years, and he ain't gave you a dime? Okay, girl. So it was in Rikers that Sarma found out that her mom had given Anthony $400,000. Oh, my fucking God, bro. $400,000, her mom. And she even said, like, that weirdly, like, 
created a bond between them. Like yeah. nobody else really understood what it was like to be manipulated by this person except right. for her and her mom, which okay. Yeah. So but also that's weird though. Like for you as a parent to have such a relationship with your son in law that you're able to like talk to him, send him money and have this relationship with him and you haven't spoken a word to your daughter. Right. That's very weird for me. Also, Sarma's being manipulated up close. Like they have a full blown like romantic relationship to mm-hmm. whatever degree that it existed. Yeah. You were on the way in what is it, Minneapolis or wherever the fuck or yeah. New Hampshire. Like mm-hmm. why what is going on, girl? Like the rest of the family hasn't said anything to you, expressed their concerns. You aren't able to objectively view this from a bird's eye point of view and be like, actually something about this is really fucking weird. Maybe I shouldn't send them hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't understand. I don't get it. I was shook when I first saw that figure because I was like, okay, well, he kept asking for money. I know they've been talking about it throughout the series, but it's like, I thought maybe she was doing like a couple thousand here, you know, yeah. like, just take mm-hmm. take care of Bill here, take care of some, some food here, da 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 da. 400,000? That's a house. <laughs> yeah. That is. A Bitch. whole house. A nice house. Oh, that's a big one. house. <laughs> like, <laughs> with some land. Listen. Right. Oh my God. I'm like, where are these. Where are these white people getting all this money? This is why I think y'all made it up because like ain't no way that y'all just got this shit on hand. Like where the money y'all y'all just call him up and then ask him to like transfer some shit to y'all. Like that's got that's got to be how it works. When you have a four hundred year head start on capitalism based on the people that don't. Well, bitch, I want the little mushroom and Mario Kart to help me speed along. Like the little start of (laughs) like that's what I want because I want that money. Like whatever y'all got, that's what I want. Like. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want no bloodshed. I don't want no blood on my hands or no shit like that. But damn, I want the check. Yeah, this shit is amazing. So Sarma was in Rikers for a week, and they were able to bail her out. Her bail was three hundred thousand dollars, but Anthony was not able to be bailed out, and he was in jail. So Sarma then went on to fight her case, and the news said that she stole more than eight hundred and forty thousand dollars from investors. I feel like that's a low end. Um, oh wait, the eight hundred forty thousand was from the small investors who helped bail her out after she uh, after they had already closed. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. That's probably why it's smaller. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so Sarma's lawyer basically said that the oh, this was like overall a scheme to defraud. So defraud the investors in the restaurant, the employees, and then say that she stole money, which was considered grand larceny. And some of the charges would have gotten her fifteen years. And then we get some text, and I wrote it down because I felt like the figures were important. So from January 2014 to January 2015, Sarma made regular transfers that totaled over $1.6 million. And these came from the One Lucky Duck business account. They went to Sarma's personal accounts. Then they went to Anthony's personal account. Anthony then went on to spend $1 million at the MGM Grand Casino, over $200,000 at the Mohegan Sun Resort, over $80,000 at specialty stores that included Rolex, and over $70,000 on hotels in, in Europe and New York. That is absolutely <laughs> mind-boggling. Like, huh? Those figures, I can't even, like, huh? <laughs> I'm t- a smooth $10,000 would change my life. Change Listen, forever. And they are out here playing crapshoot with millions of dollars. I hate these people. <laughs> I, do. I do as well. Like, 
Oh mm-hmm. my god. Mainly because I don't have access to that kind of money. <laughs> right. So uh Jeff, remember that he was like the restaurant manager, like debt holder. We couldn't really figure out what his role was, but he was the yeah. one that allowed Sarma to be in debt for two million two million dollars. Yeah. He basically said that he wouldn't testify for her. He was over it. Yeah. And I get it. But he also said, and this really made sense to me, he was like, I don't even know what I would say at this point. Right. Yeah. Because I feel like at first he was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to testify. But it's also like, what? Yeah. Like, I'm just as confused as y'all. Right. Like, yeah, no. I'm, I need to be sitting in the courtroom to figure out what the fuck is going on, too. <laughs> I but... don't know what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> so Stacy Strangis, um, Anthony's ex-wife, and Sarma connected. Because Sar- when Sarma realized that she was facing jail time, she felt like a letter from Stacy would help. So Stacy wrote this letter basically explaining her story with Anthony mm-hmm. and hoping that it would explain some things to the court. I thought that was sweet. It was. Yeah. I also felt like, I don't know, it, it was sweet of Stacy. I feel like Sarma's a user. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Anthony's attorney denied that there was any coercion or manipulation, and they even denied that Anthony promised that he would help Leon live forever. No. What? <laughs> but they had all this evidence. Like, they were constantly texting and recording. Like, there mm-hmm. was, like, why are you even saying that? There's so and many... And what about the family and the brother? Right. And the they. That was chasing <laughs> the, the they. The so, demons. the media outlets and the tabloids caught on to this story and they went wild. And they, they basically said that, like, the point of, like, attention grabbing was the pizza. Mm-hmm. That this vegan lady... Or a pizza. Yeah. I know. I know that's what got my attention. I was like, damn, bitch, you got caught over a pizza? You're vegan. Go get some lettuce. <laughs> it was funny, though, because, like, that investigative journalist that you were talking about, like, really did a good job of framing it. And it's, like, what made it feel, I guess, maybe, like, satisfying to a lot of people is that, like, <laughs> vegans like to stand on this moral high ground and, like, preach down to the rest of us. Like, well, I don't eat meat. I use let my carbon footprint smaller, blah, blah, blah. And this woman got caught up because of a pizza. Mm-hmm. So like, she wasn't yeah. living her own morals. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's a really good point. Yeah, it is. Very much you know, like, I don't necessarily hate vegans, but those types are fucking annoying. Yeah, most definitely. It's kind of fun to do a, a gotcha with them. Yeah. <laughs> they also said, like, her trial took, pra- took place in Brooklyn. And there were people like, oh, this Manhattan rich bitch, like, yeah. we can finally get her. Like, it was kind of like one of those. Yeah. So Anthony sat in Rikers for most of a year while his legal process was happening. And he ended up being sentenced to, like, time served and then just a tiny bit after that. And then he had probation. They didn't offer any mental health services or whatever, and they didn't even have any type of like protection for anybody else that would that do the, that. He would do this too. Hundreds of thousands of dollars were exchanged, and he ser- he got time served. Time served in a couple months. Yeah, and they didn't even like charge him with anything for all the money he got from Sarma's mom. Mm. Mm-mm. But I'm, I was looking at like the amount that he owed all the different people, and I know that like some of it was like under the guise that they're investing in this company or whatever. So I understand that, but like the rest of it, I don't even know like what they would charge him with. Like when somebody gives you money just off the strength that you asked for, and you're like, hey, it's for this, and then it turns out to be some other shit. Like, what would you even charge them with? I mean, yeah. I hear that. I feel like it's fraud one, but like I hear that, and I get that it may have been hard, difficult to charge him with, but like actually sentence him and all that shit. But it's like, I don't know, corporations get away with this kind of shit all, all the, the time. And it's mm-hmm. like, and people like him and it's like white men and stuff like that. But like, 
a nigga got killed because he used what they thought was a fake 20. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like the rules are so different for us and them. Yeah. Like, I can't even, even if it was a fake 20, like, mm-hmm. nigga, who cares? Give right. that shit to somebody who don't know the difference. Right. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, y'all, like you said, it's all made up anyway. And so, yeah. like, he can literally borrow and take hundreds of thousands of dollars with zero consequence mm-hmm. but i can't use a fake bill that's less than 50 dollars right. without losing my life potentially right like that's wild to me yeah Ugh. and it makes it hard to even talk about these stories from like a sympathetic type of view yeah. it really just feels like we're talking about like fiction almost mm-hmm. or like some wild true crime novel that we all read or some shit like that's right. how that's really right. how it feels because it's like this would if these were niggas, this would literally go a completely different way. Oh, compl- this oh episode, my god! Yeah. This this whole series probably would have lasted like twenty minutes. Right. right. These niggas tried to get away with some shit. They didn't and died. They already got locked the, the fuck up. That's it. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. wouldn't have been able to get any money from investors. Like it just. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So basically, Sarma decided to plead guilty because she felt like a trial would be really expensive, traumatizing, all the other things. And she spent three and a half months in prison. So we hear from the employees again, and it seems like they kind of go back and forth between like she was a victim versus like she should be responsible for her bad decision making. Mm -hmm. And someone even said that she was too smart to not know what she was doing. Mm. Which, I, which I feel like is a problematic take. I think so. No very one's much, too yeah. smart to be abused. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I felt like that was very problematic, but yeah. So, um, then the the interviewer asked Sarma's dad if he felt <laughs> That's like fucking weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he, he. I don't. I, I don't know why he was in this, honestly. But he asked him if he felt like Sarma married Anthony for his money, and he said, "Yeah," which I mean, probably. But he said that she would do anything to save her restaurant. And then you hear from her sister and from Nas saying that yeah, like she didn't love him. It was always the money that was involved between them. Okay. I mean, yeah. And I feel like they were kind of hinting at that Sarma might have had more of a hand in this situation Mm -hmm. than it's being seemed. Uh And even the journalist that we see throughout the series said, what if we look at it as in a way that Sarma thought that she was manipulating Anthony mm-hmm. and then just got into deep, mm-hmm. like she was manipulating him to get his money to save her restaurant. Yeah. And then it shit became, yeah. Which I mean, shit probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can see all of it though, especially after her, after the whole thing with Alec Baldwin kind of failed, mm-hmm. it was like coming off of the high of that. Mm-hmm. And then you meet somebody who's funny and they're affiliated with this way. And like, it seems though as though they run in these circles or whatever, and you're looking for that time, that kind of love. I think that she thought that she found that, mm-hmm. and then when it started to, you know, kind of be like shifty, but it seemed like he was rich as fuck. It's like, okay, cool. Well, maybe I can get something out of this at least, like save my yeah. restaurant, and they probably get divorced later or some shit like that. Yeah, none of that happened. So I also thought it was interesting that her dad said that Sarma never wanted to have kids, so marriage meant something different to her. So I'm like, what exactly does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you saying that marriage is always going to be transactional because she's not trying to build a family? Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's... It's that whole institution of like, yeah, what monogamy means to certain weird people. way to put that. Very yeah. Much, yeah. It's given, like, um, blessed be the fruit. Please! <laughs> <Under reserve>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now we learn that Sarma is $6.1 million in debt. 
And that debt is to money that she owes investors, taxes, money that her mom paid um, Anthony and her restaurant. Um, The interviewer asks Sarma, he says, do you think you've made peace with all of this? Sarma says, no, I think I've deliberately trained myself to be optimistic because I have to. And then she kind of gets teary eyed. I didn't see no tears. I'm sorry. I saw this. I'm like, girl, what, <laughs> are, you, what are you wiping? There's nothing falling. I'm not saying she can't be sad about the situation because you did hear her voice breaking and stuff like that. But I'm like, girl, pack it up. Like, there's nothing on your face. Fair. I don't know. I just, it just, I don't know. Yeah. She represents, I mean, I don't like her. You know. Which, I mean, that's not to say that I don't think she was abused. Yeah, no, definitely. She definitely was. But you can hold both of those. Yeah. yeah. Both things yeah. can, those be, can true. be true. Yeah. yeah. So, um, the end of the episode, the end of the series, ends with a recording of a call between Anthony and Sarma. And this happens in 2019, which is 22 months after Sarma was released from prison. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote down the what they said. So I'll just read it. Sarma says, can you hear me? Anthony says, I almost texted you last week. You know I miss you. I do miss you. Sarma says, you realize you have to stop. I'm sorry. She says, you realize you have to step out of the meat suit and onto a unicorn. He says, I realize that it's already in the works in my mind. Sarma says, you're going to shape shift in front of me. Anthony says, I mean, and then he laughs. Sarma laughs and says, I'm serious. Anthony says, I can still make you laugh. That's good. Sarma says, no, it's not. Anthony says, I love you. You're the smartest person I've ever met and you're beautiful. Sarma says, it fucking pisses me off because you're right. Anthony laughs and says it was really good hearing your voice. And that's the end of the series. Makes me want to throw up. It makes me feel like she's not done with this. Like she's still open to the possibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it makes me, I mean, I don't know what the timeline of the documentary was, Mm -hmm. but it makes me think that everything that she said was low key bullshit. Yeah. I'm like, why are you still keeping in contact with him in the first place? Like, I don't know. This is almost two years after she was out of jail Mm -hmm. for this person. And she's having a joking conversation about them missing each other or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Cycles of abuse can look a number of different ways, but it's also like we have mentioned, difficult to hold a certain kind of sympathy just because of who she is, all the things that happened, the access that she has at this point. This bitch is $6 million in debt, but I'm sure she could still, like, get whatever support she needed if she wanted mm-hmm, to. And mm-hmm. so, like, it's, yeah, it's really frustrating. Yeah. Um, also, maybe, and this is just a big-ass maybe, he's one of the last people who will actually still be friends with her. Damn, that's real. Because she lost all of the people who cared about her. Except mm-hmm. for the other Anthony, because that nigga gonna ride. Oh, yeah, true. No. <laughs> he said, we ride at dawn, bitch. Like, <laughs> what's good? And what about the, the dog? <laughs> that's Ooh, my dog. Said, I don't have enough people down there to stop me. I was like, Ooh. <laughs> I had to rewind. Bitch, that nigga was dumb. He said that was some conviction, sir. <laughs> oh, oh man. So I know we only have a few minutes. What did y'all think about the series? I think it could have been like a two-hour max documentary. I they didn't totally have to drag agree. it out like that. But I think that you know Netflix multi-check and. I also think that, I don't know, 
that's just like the thing to do is like, oh, it's a mini series. Like, yeah. no, girls, it's just a two hour doc. Just go ahead yeah, and pack it up. Yeah. I agree. Um, but yeah, overall, it's a mess. White people are messy. Yeah, I think it was definitely entertaining. Um, there were parts where it dragged where it definitely could have been edited out. But uh, it's just, it's wild to see, especially, I guess, in this little like last couple of years, we've gotten all these documentaries and series about people being manipulated in really intense ways, mm-hmm. especially, particularly like women from men. Cause like, <laughs> I mean, there was a time, I guess, where a man could have like gotten a, maybe a hundred dollars from me, mm-hmm. maybe. Now I won't hit a nigga with a nickel. Like, <laughs> <please>. <laughs> asking me for money, sir? Have you lost your mind? Mm. No, <laughs> I think my limit is like twenty five, <laughs> and that's fair. Um, like I gotta actually like we gotta be in a relationship, and you have already given me lots. Of oh things. yeah, we gotta yeah, um, we gotta be down. But it's interesting to watch the ways and the tools that these like people use to take advantage of people who are either lonely or uh-huh. like get right at their insecurities or like I don't just take advantage of them and what seem like really strategic ways. And I'm like, how are you so adept at doing this? Uh-huh. And that's what's interesting to watch play out. Yeah. It's like, how are you so skilled at this particular thing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I agree with both of y'all. I felt like it dragged. Um, but it was interesting. This was a different type of true crime. There was no killing, yeah. no stab, stab. But <laughs> it's very much still a crime. And the bank account style murder. <laughs> <laughs> Dead in the water. <laughs> They're never coming back. They never gave any information if like the uh, employees or anything got money back. Right. They should have gotten restitution. No one yeah. they sued. Or, yeah. Know, so I hope they did. I'm trying to figure out where the money would come from. I mean, I at this point, it's, it's for my peace of mind. I don't want to, if you got a dollar, I get it first. Yeah. Then, like, if you, 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 don't, you don't never see another coin in your life, that's fine. But if you do see one, I'm going to see it too. <laughs> like, her mama got all that money. I'll be like, yeah. Listen, her mama, her yeah. daddy. Matter of fact, put me on her life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, y'all. Well, we finished our second series of our mini so watch list. Hey. Yeah, give us some recommendations on what to watch next. Yeah. Because I got some ideas, but we want to hear from y'all. Yeah. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. y'all. Bye. 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 Bye.